Welcome to The Court of Nerds, the podcast that records about as often as Congress gets things done. I'm West Coast Avenger Greg. I'm joined by Kevin and Rachel today. And Kevin, what are you drinking? Uh, this is uh, an Evil Twins brewing concoction. It is called Some People Are Immune to Good Banana Stout. Uh <laughs> It, it is a, an imperial stout with banana and maple syrup. It sits at 10.7%. And I went into this being kind of scared, uh, but I'm coming around on it. It's, it's pretty good. It's probably the alcohol that's doing it, but I'm coming around on it. It sounds absolutely delicious. It's bananas. B-A-N-A-N-A-S. Rachel, <laughs> what are you putting in your mouth today? What? I'm doing uh, Kona Brewing Company's Big Wave Golden Ale, you know, that you gave me. How is it? It is delightful. Yeah? It, it has lots of floral notes. Oh, does it? <laughs> uh, well, on that note, I am going to be drinking Camino Brewing's uh, Bohemian Pilsner N120. Uh, it is really delightful and really nice, and um, I had this delivered to my house because in quarantine in California, you can get alcohol delivered to your house. It is a freaking revelation. Mm-hmm. Uh, considering the fact that we're all in quarantine, we're probably noticing that a lot of events are being canceled. We had E3 that was canceled um, a couple of weeks back, and one of the big things that was just announced this past week that is no longer happening is San Diego Comic-Con. Personally, I don't think that this is surprising, but it's it's kind of a big deal in the Comic-Con community because whatever San Diego Comic-Con does, almost every con around the country will follow suit. Mm-hmm. And um, just within the last week as well, Anime Expo also shut uh, shut down and several other anime conventions as well. So they're following suit. Uh, Greg, I think you actually sent a link over about a particular expo that they were doing a virtual expo. Uh, is uh, This is a two-part question. Uh, is this a, a good kind of stand-in? Or do you think this could be something that could become a little bit more permanent? Uh, I'm trying to remember what expo that was, because that was a while ago that I sent that to you. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it was Wizard World, uh, and I'm not sure which Wizard World it was, but one of them is doing a bunch of virtual appearances. And the one that was um, that I found online, and this is an event that happened this past week, it was for the show The Magicians. Mm-hmm. And what they did is they were charging people a premium. It was like 65 bucks, but you could get a one-on-one experience with the actor for like 10 minutes, an actor from the show. Right, yeah, it's pretty cool. It's also stupid expensive but you know if you've got money to blow and you haven't lost your job because of the quarantine it might be something interesting to do i think it's i think this is probably going to be the future of conventions from here on out uh until we figure out until we get like a vaccine and we're actually able to go to more events is we're going to start seeing some of these bigger cons or some of the smaller cons even start hosting virtual events that you have to pay to get into Mm -hmm. um i don't know the quality of these and how, how what the volume is going to be because obviously they won't be able to have you know thousands and thousands of people crowding into a single room when they're going to be doing a big presentation anymore um but maybe with zoom i know zoom has like a cap of like what 100 people maybe a little bit more something like that uh so maybe there's something that they could do where they have a group of like 
90 people uh, joining in on a, a group call of uh, a 10 actors from a show or something like that seems to be something that could happen. But right now, Comic-Con is, uh, I, I believe if I remember reading right, they're going to be issuing refunds for this year. Um, and next year they will be, um, reevaluating whether or not they can do the con again. Now these things operate on a pretty, on a relatively slim margin to my mm. understanding. Kevin, do you know anything about how, how expensive it is to, to oh, run a well, con? Well, considering that we know, uh, Mark from Grand Rapids Comic Con, uh, mm. I believe, uh, this past year was somewhere about 3 million was the operating budget. Uh, and that's GRCC. That was that's relatively small. Uh, so right. if you're thinking about something like uh, you know SD the San Diego Comic Con, uh, I'm guessing uh, if you're not, I mean you're well into double digits. Uh, if you're not pushing upwards of a uh, hundred million, then I'd be surprised. Yeah. I mean, and that would just be on the convention operating costs, not to mention the preparation for all of the panels and all of the, the celebrities coming in. Usually celebrities have appearance fees. Yeah, you remember Mark uh, way, way back, like a couple of years ago, we talked to him about um, just booking guests. And I'm not yeah. going to say which specific guest, um, because I believe that information is confidential. Uh, but he tried to get a, a pretty well-known person at the con, and the cost was uh, like three times his operating budget just for one appearance. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I don't know how some of these smaller cons are going to be able to recoup any of those big costs, especially with, you know, the way things have been. Um, everybody's losing money right now. So it's, uh, everything's kind of up in the air. Yeah. There are a couple of ways that I've seen conventions, uh, a horror convention that I was paying attention to that streamed their panels on Twitch and just just kind of a little bit like Twitch D&D &D, where their face, the faces of the people speaking showed up and there was a moderator and they were taking questions from the chat room, which could be an alternative, mm -hmm. but that wouldn't know. recoup the costs. I mean, restaurants <laughs> operate on a pretty thin margin. I, I can't imagine how, how bad conventions must be uh, hurting right now. Hmm. Well, uh, on a completely different note, uh, have you guys seen the new PlayStation 5 controller? Uh, I know Rachel just saw it as of about five minutes ago. Yeah. What was your initial thought? Uh, my initial thought was, oh, it's big. It's a big boy. It might not be as big as the Duke, but... <laughs> no, it's know. not. It's definitely not as big as the Duke. Nothing will be as big as the Duke. <laughs> you know, I, I don't even think the current... You know, Xbox One console is as good as the, <laughs> the My first thought when I saw it, it was like as if uh, the portal gun from Portal and uh, Mass Effect's N7 had a baby. That makes so much sense. <laughs> it it, it kind of it still has the the light bar. Uh, and it also has the touchpad. One of the things they've included into it now is a microphone that is built in. And uh, interesting. Yeah, that's that. You know, a lot of people were really, oh, that's a great idea. It's a terrible idea. 
Like, yeah, that's no. where your hands are. You're going to be constantly brushing against it. And even if you're not picking up the ambient sound from your hands moving, you're going to be picking up the sound from the television. You're going to be picking up the sound, you know, from around you. Uh, it's just going to be a mess. I'm just thinking of the the button, the button clacking. And I mean, it, it kind of based on what I'm seeing here, it looks like some of the buttons are maybe a little bit. Not necessarily flush with the They're rest recessed. of the pad, but closed. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. that already seems like a very, it's going to be difficult for some people with, you know, with disabilities mm-hmm. even to use this kind of thing, I think. How, however, I will say this, uh, as far as dual shocks go, uh, it appears to be the most ergonomic, as in it'll fit your mm-hmm. hand better. Like, because Sony has, you know kept the same form factor of the dual shocks and essentially the PlayStation one, you know, and, uh, now this is, this is beginning to look more like a, well, a modern controller. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, they still have the two thumbsticks. They don't have them offset like, you know, Nintendo and Microsoft and Google <laughs> and valve and all yeah. the other controllers out. Everybody that makes a modern controller has offset, you know, thumb pads. Uh, they still have them aligned there at the bottom. Uh, one interesting thing that I don't like is that they still have an internal battery uh, that's yes. not like not a replaceable battery pack or could use double A's. It's still just going to charge, and now it's going to be USB C. Thank God. Which uh, is positive. That is which, a good thing. Which is positive. I think everything moving to USB C is is definitely a big plus. Yeah. E- everything. My my car should run on USB C. Like <laughs> I mean, come on. The uh the controller. Uh, if you have a PlayStation Four and you have one of the original controllers at launch, you'd be lucky to get about a half an hour of playtime on a fully charged controller right now. You know, yeah. it's just it's think of your cell phone and your cell phone battery life. Uh, if it's four years old, you're not keeping much of a charge, uh, especially if you're, you know, using it fairly recent, you know, frequently. Uh, the same thing is going to be said of probably this controller, depending upon the size of the battery pack, uh, which we we don't really know. Right. I was just looking up uh, what the uh, Xbox Series X controller is looking like, and it, mm-hmm. it basically looks exactly like the uh, the Xbox One controller. And I'll be honest, I, I personally feel like the Xbox controller, or the, the 360 controller, which I currently have and I'm using for PC gaming right now, mm-hmm. um, is one of the best, most ergonomic controllers that I've, I've used. I've used a, an Xbox One controller, and I love it. It's fantastic. Um, and it looks like they're just continuing with the same design. If it's not broke, don't fix it. Kind of yeah. dealio, you know? The uh, And the for the pro gaming, you know, like the Xbox has the Elite and the Elite 2, you know? Mm-hmm. And let me tell you, if you if your hands could have an orgasm, I mean, it's putting putting a control that controller in your hands it's just like it's like you're built into it i gotta hand it to microsoft they definitely put together a pleasurable device they're handy Mm, yeah they're very handy with their engineering Mm -hmm. uh hands on Mm -hmm. i'm not topping that that's that that this has been playstation controller talk from the quarter nerds (laughs) (laughs) let's give them a hand you're right (laughs) 
not all good news, though, in the uh, the realm of ner- uh, nerd culture. We actually just had a, uh, a pretty major death in the voice actor community. Actually, we've had a couple of pretty major deaths, unfortunately. Um, two very big heroes of mine, unfortunately. Um, Mr. Rick May, who is the voice of... Uh, for many of you would know of Peppy Hare in Star Fox 64, and also many many of you will also know um, the soldier in Team Fortress, in mm-hmm. Team Fortress mm-hmm. 2, which was yeah. just, and he unfortunately passed away of COVID-19. Um, and then one more person who was really close to my heart and my childhood was Mr. Keiji Fujiwara, who basically plays... Every redhead Final Fantasy has ever had Final Fantasy. Square Enix just loved to um, have this man play their redheads. Axel, um, Reno, Arden, favorite character. You know, a lot of you guys would know him as Maze Hughes in Full Metal Alchemist. Mm-hmm. And um, he passed away of cancer this week. So we've lost two really big talents. Oh, yeah. It's just incredibly sad. I'm just I'm just thinking about all of the um, uh, the gifts that people have been posting online of... Uh, uh, Roy Mustang uh, with his hat bowed, him saying, it's a bad sad day, day for rain. rain. Yeah. Just, ah, mm-hmm. oh, God. Mm. Top 10 anime sadness, feeling betrayals. Um, hopefully we are not going to be seeing more of that. But I mean, at this point, there's there's just no way to tell. So mm-hmm. um, so we'll have to see. So stay um, safe, listeners. Stay safe. Please. Stay home, play video games. Mm-hmm. Kevin, what have you been playing? Oh, oh my God, what have we been playing? Everything. Uh, and not uh, none of the games that I've really wanted to play because it's been spring break, which means I'm spending all the time with my son. Uh, so games, other than lots of Mario Kart and Smash Brothers, oh, so much Smash Brothers. <laughs> Has he been able to beat you yet? <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I let him have Xerneas at times, and so that, like, he has a maxed out Xerneas spirit, and he'll attach it to his character, and then, you know, it's about 50-50, you know, uh, other than that, you know, sometimes you just like, alright, you can have a couple of six level, you know, uh, people on your team and then you can then you can come at me and we'll we'll see what it's like uh a lot of ori even the playing field son you're dead (laughs) uh i am about halfway through ori and the will of the wisp uh and the true to what i've said before i've cried probably twice uh while playing the game um, but it is wonderful. It is beautiful. The scoring is amazing. The art is amazing. The pacing is great. And it's difficult as hell. <laughs> the, uh, outside of uh, a bit of toe jam and neural here and there. Uh, but, uh, I, for the first time I did with my son, we, we watched all of the Hobbit movies and, uh, we assembled all of uh, the Goblin Town uh, from, nice. and so we we so we did all of the company of Thor and Oakenshield, uh, you know Gandalf the Gray. We even have Radagast, uh, uh, who's clutching uh, uh, the Hedgehog. Uh, I, I forget uh, what they called him. I, I want to say Simon, but I don't remember. Uh, Radagast the Brown. I'm not sure. That sounds right, and I should know because. Both of my sets of roommates have all been watching The Hobbit this week, too. 
it, it's uh, like we 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 built all of Goblin Town, and I started taking him through uh, on how to play Middle Earth, uh, the role playing game uh, made oh, by uh, Games okay. Workshop. Uh, shout out uh, to Games Workshop. Uh, stay safe, all my homies. Uh, but please stick somebody in the factory and like something. If you go to War- Forge World and Games Workshop, everything's sold out everywhere, every single item. And so it's a good thing I got a backlog of items right now. Uh, but for anybody, any hobbyist out there, uh, like our, our friend Geralt, <laughs> who is now discovered Warhammer. Uh, you know, it, it might be hard to find some miniatures. Rachel, what have you been playing? Well, I have been playing a lot of Animal Crossing. Um, it's it's funny, I because I am a teacher and I've had to start teaching online this week, I haven't had as much time for video games, but I have had time for things to listen to, if I may speak about that. Um, I have been doing a ridiculous binge listen of a podcast known as the Magnus Archives, um, which is a horror podcast. It is a very brilliant horror podcast, and it's nice to experience some fake, safe, controlled horror in this in this uh, horror scenario that we're currently living in. So that that's what I've been doing with my time. It's brilliant. It's so good. And it's like it's kind of like uh, eldritch horror, like uh, yeah. H.P. Lovecraftian mm. kind of stuff. Quite so. It's it's um, but without the racism. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 without the racism. Um, they've even made commentaries about the fact that they're trying to make horror less about shock factor and more about exploring parts of the human consciousness. Um, as far as I know, of course, only having listened to about 135 episodes within the span of a week. Oh, yeah. I'm not even joking. <laughs> no, she's not kidding. She's listened to a lot of Magnus <laughs> Archives. <laughs> wow. While, while playing Animal Crossing? Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the interesting little, like, interesting little contrast there. You know, uh, Eldritch Horror, Animal Crossing. What's filling if your time, If anybody could Gregory? take on Eldritch Horror, it would definitely be Isabel. Oh, goodness. <laughs> I mean, she's got a friend in the in the Doom guy, so. Yes, oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. yes. She's, she's protected. Uh, I have not been playing Doom. It may be on the list of things that I play in the uh, relative near future. I've, I'm, I, so I am still playing Divinity Original Sin. Um, I beat the game two weeks ago and have immediately started it back up again and started playing a second playthrough with different characters. Losa, Losa. Losa is the damn best. I don't know why I didn't have her in in my party before. She's a she's a singer and she's really snarky and she's got a an eldritch abomination living in her head and it's it's just delightful. It's so good. Um and I'm actually about two-thirds of the way through my second playthrough, and I'm actually now starting to feel a little bit of fatigue. So as soon as I'm done with this, I'm going to be like, okay, now what am I going to pick up? And I kind of have a couple of options. I could either beat The Witcher 3, which is a possibility. Uh, I'm actually very interested to pick up Astral Chain, which is mm. kind of like, um, it's it's made by the same people that made Bayonetta, if I remember correctly. And it's that same style of, right, it's that same style of, like, frantic uh, combat, but, like, you have a a mech as well that you're also controlling, and it's kind of like a demon, and, right. The people who make Nier Automata? 
I believe so. Same yeah, people. I believe it's. I believe so. Um, you know, I'm probably going to go back and, and realize that what I said was totally incorrect. But what? I. But uh, one of my best friends uh, uh, got me the game a couple of months ago, and it keeps asking me like, "Hey, have you started playing it yet? Hey, are you have you started playing it yet?" And I've kind of been stuck in um, in uh, in Divinity Original Sin to Hell uh, since. Thank you very much, Rachel, for getting me into that game. On that note, you know, we remember in the the, the last podcast that we did, uh, I, we talked a little bit about Baldur's Gate 3. I'm building a computer right now, and when it's done, it will be able to run Baldur's Gate 3, and you're goddamn right. It's going to be one of the first games I bought. Well, it won't will be the first game I buy, but it's going to be one of the games that I buy as soon as it comes out because I'm so, so damn excited to play that game. And Final Fantasy VII Remake. Final Fantasy VII Remake is also another game I'm going to be getting for it as soon as I build my computer. That's one of the games that I've been wanting to play, but, you know, haven't had the opportunity to do so. Well, if you are interested to see what the game looks like, uh, Biff, Hello Biff on Twitch, has been playing occasionally uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake, as well as Animal Crossing, uh, as well as Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Um, and if you're interested in watching some of the fun stuff that he has been doing, uh, you can go to twitch.tv slash hellobiff. And Rachel, what do you got to promote this week? I already promoted but i will promote you guys you guys are awesome uh i'm gonna i'm gonna put another exclamation point on the witcher though that's a really good game to binge it's mm. true especially when you're stuck indoors having a game where you're very social and you're running around killing monsters in the outdoors yeah tossing coins to your witcher oh valley of plenty <laughs> kevin what do you got to promote this week uh i'm gonna actually promote uh one of the podcasts that uh I've started listening to to more is uh, twenty thousand hertz, uh, and twenty thousand hertz is an audio. It, it is a podcast about audio, and I know that sounds boring, but they do such a good job of it, uh, and they cover a wide range of topics. Uh, this past one they just did on Mel Blanc, so tying into our voice actors for for cartoons. Uh, the previous one they did was on the Satanic Panic. And playing audio in reverse uh, in rock and roll albums and stuff like that. It is immensely interesting. Uh, give it a listen. You'll be hooked. Can confirm as somebody who is an audio engineer for my job, that podcast is so goddamn interesting. Super, super interesting. Uh, and aside from that, I am going to promote this podcast. If you like The Court of Nerds, go to thecourtofnerds.com and wherever you're listening to this on, if you're listening to us on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, on Stritcher, on Podbean, whatever it is, maybe give us a, a rating or two. If you give us five stars, hey, cool. If you don't give us five stars, yeah, well, I guess that's fine too. But I hate you and I hope you recon reconsider your life choices. <laughs> you can find more information about what it is that we like to do uh, at thecourtofnerds.com. And on that note, I'm going to say, oh, bye bye This podcast made possible by our good friends at Tardy's Collector's Corner. Like them on Facebook, follow them on Twitter and Instagram, and be sure you're checking for all the latest and greatest at Tardy's.